0: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
1: A warning before we get started. This episode is about a racial discrimination case. It contains references to slurs, racist behavior, and racist language. There's a thing about being a beat reporter. You hear stuff. Details that don't quite make it into a story yet. What journalists often call string— as in pulling string to find the story. Dana Hall is a beat reporter at Bloomberg News who covers Tesla, including Tesla's manufacturing plant in Fremont, California. Did you ever hear about racism at the plant? Like, did it start to kind of permeate into your consciousness?
0: Yes. And I would say that the first real time that it kind of permeated into my consciousness was almost five years ago when the first lawsuit was filed uh, on behalf of a man named Marcus Vaughn.
1: Vaughn called the plant, quote, a hotbed of racist behavior and alleged that Black workers were repeatedly abused and harassed. Dana would go on to write about the class action suit and interview Vaughn's lawyer.
0: He believes he has 931 potential plaintiffs, all Black workers.
1: This past week, the state of California filed its own suit.
0: This is Tesla's fourth lawsuit in five months, and this one is a biggie. The California Department of Fair Employment and Housing has confirmed they are indeed filing a lawsuit.
1: The The DFEH, as the agency is known, has sued Tesla for racial discrimination and harassment after a three-year investigation. It says black workers at the plant were targeted with slurs, graffiti, and insults as many as 100 times a day. It says that when confronted with these cases, Tesla turned a blind eye and tried to evade responsibility. Today on the show, the case against Tesla and its Fremont plant. California says racism is rampant inside the facility. So how did it get that way? I'm Lizzie O'Leary, and you're listening to What Next TBD? A show about technology, power, and how the future will be determined. Stick with us.
0: Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day.
1: Tesla's facility in Fremont is the largest auto manufacturing plant on the West Coast. Dana says its parking lot is always packed, with workers commuting from all over the Bay Area. The plant has a long history. It made cars for General Motors from the 1960s to the 80s. Later, it was the home of a joint venture between GM and Toyota. That fell apart during the recession, and the facility closed in 2010.
0: It was briefly just this, like, empty carcass. I mean, no one knew what was going to become of this massive facility. And then during the midst of the recession, Tesla was able to buy it for like $42 million. I mean, they got it for a swan song during the recession. And it was a huge coup for California that this empty plant was going to be revived as an electric vehicle plant. Tesla immediately went in there and they repainted, you know, they repainted everything white. They added the red Tesla colors and the logos. And they really kind of turned this old facility into this gleaming beacon of the future. A lot of elected officials went and visited. Tesla now has other factories around the world, but the Fremont plant remains the first one. And it's where they make all four of the vehicles that they currently sell.
1: So it's important to Tesla.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, they and they invested millions, if not billions of dollars in equipment to (laughs) to build this factory. I mean, you know, Tesla has made a big point of their corporate headquarters have moved to Austin, but they still employ like over 30,000 people in the state of California.
1: Who works at Fremont? You know, what are the demographics? What kind of people are we talking about? How many jobs are we talking about?
0: So easily over 10,000 direct Tesla employees work at the Fremont plant. And then there are a thousand more who are contractors or subcontractors. It is a very diverse workforce. We don't have exact data because Tesla has never publicly released the data that they filed with the EEOC, but you have white, black, Latino, Asian American. I mean, it is an incredibly diverse workforce, which mirrors the demographics of California as a whole.
1: When I was reading the lawsuit, I was struck by a, a little note where it said that in the Bay Area and elsewhere, a job at Tesla is often seen as a golden ticket, like a way for people who don't have a technical background or a college degree to get a path into a career or a living wage. And it reminded me so much of the promise of having like a good GM job in Michigan in the 50s, that it was this aspirational thing.
0: I mean, I think that that is certainly what attracts them to Tesla. Um, You know, Tesla is not a unionized plant, but if you are a full-time employee, you do get equity in the company. And as the company's stock has risen quite dramatically over the past couple of years, that is worth quite a lot. And it is true. I mean, Tesla, Tesla is a company that moves very quickly. So if you show promise and you work hard, you can get promoted quite fast. It's, you are not stuck doing the same job for a very long time. And so a lot of people really see it as a, as a path to success. And in a region where there are a lot of jobs working at, you know, Amazon fulfillment centers or being an Amazon driver or being a DoorDash delivery person, getting your foot in the door at Tesla is seen as the way in. And for many people, you know, they get a job and then like their cousin works there or their friends work there. And, you know, you have guys commuting together from really far away for these jobs.
1: Even before the California suit, the Fremont plant has had a rocky history.
0: As shown from Sky 7, the parking lot at Tesla's Fremont manufacturing plant was teeming with cars.
1: CEO Elon Musk defied county health officials in May 2020 during the initial COVID shutdown and restarted production.
0: Elon Musk confirmed it.
1: Then the plant was the focus of a sexual harassment lawsuit. A female employee says she endured catcalls, groping, and retaliation for years at the company's factory in Fremont. But what really stands out is the sheer number of complaints about racism at the Fremont plant. Long before the state of California's suit, a Black worker named DeWitt Lambert sued Tesla.
0: DeWitt Lambert's story is a really important one, and I hope that everyone who reads about Tesla and every journalist who writes about Tesla remembers DeWitt Lambert. He is the first person who really complained about the treatment at Tesla, and his case was one of the first cases that was brought forward.
1: Lambert, who grew up in Alabama, came to work at Tesla in 2015 on the production line. And almost immediately, he says he was subject to racist taunts and threats from co-workers and supervisors.
0: All I wanted to do was advance with that company and move forward with Tesla. And they got me where to where I don't want to even work there no more because I fear that something's going to happen to me. This is a man who grew up in the South, I mean, right after the civil rights movement. And I think when I interviewed him, the most striking thing that he told me was that he had never heard the N-word directed at him until he moved to California. And the and the word was just widespread at the factory, and he complained about it. But DeWitt Lambert was a contract worker, so he had signed an arbitration agreement with Tesla, and his case never got to court. He went to arbitration, and he lost.
1: One of the key issues here is that a lot of these workers who are alleging discrimination are covered by arbitration rules. So they can't sue Tesla in open court. It's a very different situation. I wonder if you could explain that wrinkle and and how it fits into this sort of complicated picture.
0: Yeah. So arbitration is very common in Silicon Valley. Typically when you are hired and you get your kind of new employee paperwork, you sign all kinds of documents. You you sign up for healthcare, you agree not to share corporate secrets. And typically one of those documents is an arbitration agreement where you agree to solve any dispute in arbitration. An arbitration is sort of a, a different process where your complaint is heard not before a jury of peers, but before one arbitration judge who is typically a retired judge. And it's the companies themselves that pay for the process.
1: Several other Black workers sued Tesla. Two, Melvin Berry and Owen Diaz won their cases. Berry won a million dollars at arbitration. But Diaz, who was hired by a staffing agency, not Tesla, wasn't subject to arbitration rules and sued in open court. Last year, a federal court ordered the company to pay him $137 million. Diaz told an NBC News reporter about the abuse he endured. The N-word scratched into the bathroom stalls. They were calling me a clerks monkey and a Spanish version of the N-word. This other guy was getting on the elevator with me and he was uh, telling me, uh, you know, Ian, hurry up and push the button. You men are lazy. Now, California has stepped in filing a lawsuit against Tesla that echoes what Diaz said. The state's Department of Fair Employment and Housing says Black workers at the Fremont plant were subject to racist taunts and graffiti. The complaint says that swastikas and KKK were written on bathroom walls, that the N-word and other slurs were repeatedly used, that Black workers were retaliated against for complaining, and that they were given more physically demanding jobs and paid less than their white counterparts. And the complaint notes that workers repeatedly referred to the plant as a, quote, plantation or slave ship. One Black worker said they heard these slurs between 50 and 100 times a day. I think if you are not from California, you may not be familiar with this agency. And I guess an analog is the EEOC um, nationally. The EEOC has a reputation for not bringing cases unless it feels like it's got a lot. Is that similar in California or not?
0: I think it's similar in that I don't think any state agency wants to sue an employer. And if if you look at the DFEH's website, they make it very clear that suing is sort of the last regard. And, And so the process here was they have been looking at this for almost three years they informed Tesla that they felt like they had just caused to sue on January 3rd. They invited Tesla to mediation. Tesla declined until the last minute. And then this lawsuit sort of is a, as a result of the failed mediation. I mean, there, there was clearly an attempt between the agency and the company to negotiate some kind of settlement that didn't go well. To sue a very large employer is, is a big deal. And I, I, I have to believe that they only did it because they felt there was no other recourse.
1: There's some other interesting things in here where the state alleges that, you know, Tesla ignored this stuff. Um, Again, I'm quoting, for example, one human resources investigator concluded that, quote, Banana Boy was simply a nickname, not a racial slur. It sounds like the state is saying, like, this is a a culture problem and that the company doesn't care.
0: And I think also the the state complaint makes it clear that the company grew quite quickly and the human resources power was not. You did not have enough HR people. They weren't trained to investigate racial complaints. If the complaint involved a contract worker, Tesla was not investigating those complaints. I mean, Tesla's only public comment to date has been a blog post that they put out preemptively before the lawsuit was even filed, taking issue with certain things, cherry picking certain parts of it and making it very clear that they were going to fight the lawsuit.
1: That same blog post has this other part that I wanted to ask you about. The company mentions that over the past five years, the DFEH has been asked on almost 50 occasions by individuals who believe they were discriminated against or harassed to investigate Tesla. And the company italicizes this part and says, on every single occasion when the DFEH closed an investigation, it did not find misconduct against Tesla. Does that, does that hold water? Or is that a spinning of the facts?
0: I think I think that that's a cherry-picked statistic because there have been several complaints and yes some of them are closed without a finding but others are given right to sue letters. So I'm just not clear like which I mean when they say over the past 5 years are they talking 2016 through 2021 or 2015 through 2020 and are these only the closed cases like what is the numerator of how many how many cases overall. So it's just interesting that they are choosing that one that one line. I mean, to be sure, I'm sure there are plenty of complaints that were closed without a finding, but there are also plenty of complaints that did find reason, which is why the state is suing.
1: When we come back, how Elon Musk, Tesla's mercurial CEO, fits into this picture... So far, Tesla's only response to California's lawsuit is the blog post that Dana mentioned. As of recording time, the company had not responded to our request for comment. But in 2017, when Marcus Vaughn's accusations were first surfacing, CEO Elon Musk sent an email to employees. It said, Part of not being a huge jerk is considering how someone might feel who's from an historically underrepresented group. But he also added, in fairness, if someone is a jerk to you but sincerely apologizes, it is important to be thick-skinned and accept that apology.
0: The culture is set from the top. And so if you had an all-hands meeting where the CEO says racism will not be tolerated and we are going to you know, fully support our HR partners in investigating any allegation, I mean, I think you would see a real culture change. But that's, that's not the impression that we're given. I mean, we're given the impression that... HR officials actually gave heads up to harassers before harassment complaints were investigated. The the complaint makes it clear that Black workers would be baited into responding, and then they would get written up for being, quote-unquote, aggressive. And so the lawsuit paints a picture of a very toxic environment that has been going on for 10 years.
1: I guess one thing I'm interested in is what Elon Musk does or doesn't do publicly as this is happening you know he's obviously got a reputation for being extremely outspoken um, is he going to hold his tongue or is he going to be himself here
0: he hasn't said anything publicly yet i mean i think this this blog post clearly has his imprint and this is the, the most that tesla has said so far but but i think one thing to watch is that shareholders in the company do have a voice here. And at the last shareholder meeting in the fall, there were two resolutions that were brought forward. One was the Calvert Group asked the company to publicly release its EEO1 data. And that shareholder resolution passed. Tesla has not yet released the data, but they are now at least being asked to by their shareholders. There was another resolution about employee arbitration that failed, but got a fairly significant chunk of support. Now unless you get really big shareholders all on board with these efforts it's it's hard to imagine them making a big imprint some, some and sometimes even if a resolution passes it's not binding but you're you know you're seeing some of the smaller more activist shareholders at least raising flags and being like hey we we do care about this and we want you to take this seriously
1: you've been following these cases for a long time now. Um, are there things that you're watching that you think are probably flying below most people's radar?
0: Companies get sued, you know, all the time. But the racial discrimination cases are singularly horrific, and there does seem to be a pattern where you know the person complained, HR didn't really do anything, and they just stretch back for years. But there's also complaints about you know ageism, disability being discriminated against because you are on maternity leave or pregnant. Um, We're at sort of this reckoning time where two years into a pandemic, people are really taking stock of what it means to be a worker and what kind of life you want to have and how you want to be treated. And, you know, we've come through the Me Too movement and Black Lives Matter, and you have a, a generation of workers that is not willing to kind of put up with this behavior. And yet it persists at so many levels of our society and it's still it's it is still a struggle and i think that all the lawsuits that you read whether they're for tesla or, or someone else point to that
1: dana hall thank you so much for talking with me my pleasure dana hall reports on tesla for bloomberg news that is it for the show today tbd is produced by ethan brooks This episode was edited by Jonathan Fisher. Alicia Montgomery is the executive producer for Slate Podcasts. TBD is part of the larger What Next family. TBD is also part of Future Tense, a partnership of Slate, Arizona State University, and New America. I want to take a minute and recommend that you listen to Wednesday's What Next. It's a great portrait of Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and what he wants from a reporter who knows him well. BD will be back on Sunday with another episode, a look at how the effort to vaccinate the world fell apart. I'm Lizzie O'Leary. Thanks for listening. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woo a hand clapper, a high-fiver?